Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Sarah Russert about her wedding at Disneyland. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she and her wife chose those locations and how they planned everything from Seattle and how everything turned out. So welcome, Sarah. Hello. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you guys decided that you wanted to be married at Disneyland. I've been going to Disneyland since I was a little kid, and my dad grew up in Pasadena. And so when we were young, we went several times, and then I came several more times in my teenage years. And then since I've been an adult, I've probably gone at least every two years, but probably for the last five or six years every year. So when Amanda and I started dating, she had to start coming along with me. And I think she's really caught the bug, which is great. But we were down for a trip the first time my niece went, we took her down. And we saw a bride at the Barisa Courtyard getting married. And up to that point, I didn't realize that you could get married at Disneyland. And that was pretty much it for me. And luckily, she was on board. (laughs) (laughs) How did your friends and family react when they found out that's where you were going to be married? I started telling my family before I even proposed that if Amanda and I were to get married, that we were going to get married at Disneyland. And what did they think about that? And everybody was like, awesome. That sounds about right for you. And then once we were engaged and I officially got her to agree to a Disneyland wedding, I think that everybody who is super close to me, it was a, it was not a shock at all. But on her side, a lot of people either hadn't been to Disneyland ever or hadn't been in a long time and they didn't completely understand. You know, I think when people aren't Disneyland people, they don't, get just the feeling of magic you have when you go there and they also expect it to be kind of more like a party at a theme park Mm -hmm. and they don't get that it can be like a very elegant and special and lovely thing definitely yeah i do see that a lot i trust they were won over once they got there (laughs) oh yeah yeah and then so many people since then have been talking about how they want to plan another trip and You know, other people are telling us it's the most magical wedding they've ever been to or, you know, just all the things you want to hear about your wedding. (laughs) How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? You know, what we did was we initially invited 80 people. And then as people started, we kind of had a cutoff initially at like, I want to say 50, but we had a hard time narrowing down our guest list. So we were like, all right, let's just figure out how to have like 60. So we invited 80, knowing that some people would say no. And as people said no, we moved to like a second group of people and just kept inviting people. And we ended up finding our tally at 68 plus us. 
So you can see like throughout the process, we did bring it up a little further, but I would say we probably all in all invited a hundred. Okay. Interesting. And were most of them also coming from Seattle or were they all over the West Coast? Yeah, pretty much everybody was coming from Seattle or Portland. We did have some guests from France. And then once we kind of set our budget at 70 and we had a couple people drop off at the end, we have friends in Southern California that we extended invitations to because we knew they were close and they wouldn't have a problem making it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So tell me a bit about the ceremony and reception venues you chose. We chose the Brisa Courtyard for our ceremony. And I think there were kind of two reasons we chose it. We Initially, that was the location we were going for. But when we went and did a tour, we saw the Rose Court Garden. And it is so lovely in person and so romantic. And I think we almost changed our mind. But I was really enamored with the idea of the monorail going over our ceremony. Initially, our theme was just going to be this broad Disneyland theme. So either location would have worked. But since our theme kind of narrowed down to Adventureland specifically, I think our venue was more appropriate for our theme, ultimately. And then because of the number of guests we had, we didn't have a ton of options for our location. At Disneyland, there are a couple spaces that I really liked that are for a smaller amount of people. And then there are some spaces that are for a bigger amount of people. But for the amount we had, there were only a couple places to choose from. And we decided it would be easier for some of our older guests if our reception venue was in the same hotel as our ceremony. So we went with the Trillium Room at the Grand Californian Hotel. And your cocktail hour was in Wisteria? Yeah, it was initially supposed to be outdoors, but it was pretty windy and it had kind of been sprinkling on and off all day. So they just checked with us and, you know, said, what do you think? We're, we're thinking about moving it indoors. And we were like, yeah, that's fine. Definitely. If you think it's going to be rainy and cold, move it indoors. Which outdoor location was it going to be in? In Brisa too. For anyone who doesn't know, the Brisa courtyard has some attached courtyards that you can kind of walk over to. And so it's like these little smaller sites just away from the main round courtyard. Got it. Okay. Now, you guys had this amazing Adventureland theme with a ton of DIY decor. Can you talk about how you got it there from Seattle, how you had it set up, and how did that all come about? Definitely not for the faint of heart. You know, for most people, I would probably say just either go more simple or let Disney handle whatever you can actually afford. But I was really set from day one on having super themed decor. One of my favorite things and a thing that I've really, I think, gotten Amanda into as well about Disneyland is the way they create an environment through scents and decor and lighting and all the little details that make up an ambiance for an environment. And I really wanted to create the feel of Adventureland inside the ballroom. And I knew that if I had Disney floral and decor do it, they would do an amazing job. But I know that the price would have been at the very least $10,000. And to do what I wanted, it probably would have been upwards of twenty. And I did not get quotes, so I don't know for sure. But I do have asked some other people who have gone through Disney weddings at Disneyland kind of how much their weddings cost. And I just knew that like we wouldn't be able to afford it. We were paying for the wedding on our own 
like really our budget only had about two to three thousand dollars for decor in it and I knew that we couldn't do what I wanted so I started sourcing decor for initially the Disneyland theme but I was finding that I was mostly able to find things that were more towards that Adventureland theme so I started with like oh I'm going to do an Indiana Jones centerpiece and I'm going to do a jungle cruise centerpiece and I'm going to do you know we kind of had the tables laid out for different areas of Disneyland and we were going to do a themed centerpiece for each table that represented a ride and then we were going to do fast passes for the ride to the table and as I kept finding more and more stuff that was more suited for Adventureland and we started kind of trying to think about how we would tie it all together Amanda and I both decided that just doing completely Adventureland themed would be more cohesive and easy to collect for. So I was searching estate sales and Facebook buy, sell and trade groups. My mom started looking for me as well. And she had her friends sending me texts like, is this the kind of box you're looking for? (laughs) I made... (laughs) On my trips to Disneyland, I took lots of photos inside the different ride queues for Tiki Room and Jungle Cruise and Indiana Jones. And I just photographed all of the little vignettes that are displayed as you're walking through the ride queues. And then I made a big list of everything that I saw, like cathedral radios, boxes, barrels, crates, rusty toolbox, vintage typewriter. And then I gave my mom the list and I gave other people that were helping me look the list. And it had specific eras listed, like looking for a typewriter between 1930s and 1940s. Yeah. And I just crossed things off the list as I went. And we really did manage to get pretty much everything on the list. So once we assembled everything, and it was a lot of stuff, it filled an entire minivan, like completely full. So we rented a minivan, we filled it up with all the stuff, drove it down, unpacked it into a storage room that we had rented from Disney in the Grand Californian Hotel for two days or three days, I guess, unpacked it into the room. And then I laid it all out, like the centerpieces. I had photos of each one, how they were supposed to be assembled because our florist was moving everything into the room for us on the day of the wedding. So I staged it all except for a couple things that I was like, here's some stuff that you can just do whatever you want with. And she was amazing. Like she took the stuff that I was kind of like, do whatever you want with. And she made it look even better than, you know, I had in my mind. So she was amazing. But basically that's, yeah, that's how we did it. And then we unloaded it back into that storage room the night of the wedding. And our florist totally just took the ball with that and asked some of our bridesmaids for help and started loading the stuff out of the room at about 8 p.m. And our reception was over at 9. She got it all taken care of for us. And then the next morning, we went, reloaded it into our van and then parked our van at the Disneyland Hotel where we're staying. Wow. And so did you also buy floral through Disney or did they charge you a fee to help you set all this up or how did that work? We actually got an outside florist as well. So we have a friend in Seattle that does wedding floral and I was chatting with her, you know, just lamenting that. I wish she was doing our wedding because she does such beautiful arrangements. And I initially had like basically zero budget for floral. And she was like, you know, I'd love to do your wedding. I've not done a destination wedding and I would love to do a Disney wedding and I'd be willing to work with you on the price. 
since she was willing to give us a price to be able to do a Disney wedding and to add a destination wedding to her portfolio, she gave us a great deal. And I mean, if you look at the photos, our bouquets were amazing. They were so beautiful. They were better than even any of the photos that we had looked at as ideas. And then she just added extra floral to all of my centerpieces and vignettes to make the room feel more tropical and more full. And since she was from out of town, how did she do that? Did she just go to the floral mart downtown LA and grab what she could find? or? So she had very specific ideas for what she wanted to do. And she actually bought a good amount of the floral in Seattle and we drove it down. There were some big tropical fan palms and monstera and some other, I think they're called sword palms. I'm not sure exactly, but they're the big kind of teardrop shaped leaves that are really tall. The monstera she got were bigger around than like my, like, I don't know how to explain it, but basically if I was holding two of them up, they were the size of my body. (laughs) So they were huge and she didn't know if she would be able to get them down in California. So she just sent me with everything that she knew that she could get in Seattle, but was unsure that she could get in California. And then the day before our wedding, she went and got some of the smaller things like ginger combs and some small different types of ferns and filler flowers. Fascinating. Okay. And then the other cool thing you had was you were able to get Safari Mickey to appear at your reception with an unusual photo backdrop. Yeah, so that took some work. We were very sure that we wanted Mickey and maybe Minnie to come to the wedding. And financially, we ended up just going with Mickey because, you know, things add up quick. But we didn't like any of the outfits they gave us as an option for Mickey. They were all tuxes and none of them really matched our decor aesthetic. And I really wanted Mickey to be matching the Adventureland theme. So I asked if he could come in safari wear and our planner told us, you know, probably not. That's not on brand for Mickey. Mickey would not come to a wedding in casual wear. Mickey would only come to a wedding wearing a tux. So basically she said, you can try. And what I would suggest doing is write me a letter that I can give to the department that clothes Mickey and makes decisions about what he can wear and tell them why it's your dream that Mickey come to your wedding in this outfit. And I'll give it to them and see what they say. And then she said, also, another factor might be that if they don't have a backdrop for him, he has to have a backdrop. And if they don't have a backdrop, you guys would have to pay to have a backdrop made. So I was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to. And it's like $5,000 to have mm. a backdrop made. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to do that. But let's just see where it goes. So I wrote a letter and I thought like, okay, this is going to go better if I kind of make it cute. So I wrote a letter to Mickey inviting him to our wedding. And I told him that, you know, he met my dad the first year the park opened in 1955 when my dad was five years old. Mm -hmm. And so he's been a member of our family for a long time and that he was there when our friends got engaged and, you know, just all these little moments that we had that were special with Mickey at the park. I mentioned like kind of like, oh, do you remember the time that? And then I said, you know, since you're so special to us, Mickey, we would love for you to attend our wedding. But the only thing is our wedding for one night only, the Trillium Room at the Grand Californian is going to be transformed into Adventureland. And since you're going to be in a jungle, it's going to be very hot and you might be uncomfortable in your tux. (laughs) 
Yeah, we recommend that you wear the type of clothes that you would wear to explore a jungle. And apparently that went over well. They thought it was really cute and they approved it right away. And luckily they had a backdrop and not only did they have a backdrop, but they had this super cool, like 3d backdrop where it looks like a boat from the jungle cruise. So it has like a three dimensional prow that comes out with a roof and that you stand in the boat to take your photos. Wow, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I heard from a lot of people that like, They'd never seen that backdrop before ever, let alone at a wedding. So that was really special and really cool. And it's super appropriate for our theme as well. But there was one other thing, which was that we were told that they had reserved a separate room for Mickey and that for him to be able to be in our room a month before the wedding, we would have to have our decor approved mm. because also our decor had to be on brand with Mickey in his safari clothes. Oh my goodness. So four weeks before the wedding, I had to like basically have photos of all of our centerpieces and all of the extra stuff, and I had to send it for approval. And it was funny because our planner called me, and she goes, I have exciting news. And it took a couple weeks. She said, I have really exciting news. Your decor got approved. They said that if that's really what you're bringing, that it would be absolutely no problem. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean if that's actually what I'm bringing? I didn't like take photos of things that I wasn't gonna bring <laughs> we did get to meet the person that approved our decor while we were down there she came up to us I don't remember if it was right before our ceremony when we were just over in the area or if they brought her up to us after our ceremony but they said we just want you to meet her and she told us that usually with DIY weddings it never gets approved and that this this one was the first time that it was like, yeah, absolutely, no problem. So that was really cool. Interesting. So at Disneyland weddings, they usually have Mickey in a different room? Only if you do DIY decor. And it was specifically because we had them. So if Mickey came in a tux to a wedding, it would be okay for us to have DIY decor that wasn't necessarily super Disney because Mickey's just coming as a guest to a wedding. I see. So Mickey could come as a guest to a wedding and the wedding could look kind of like whatever, as long as it wasn't op opposing his brand. But because we had him come in safari wear, it had to look like he was in Adventureland. Oh, okay. I get it. He did look like that. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it, it went well. I mean, that's my understanding. I could be a little off with that, but that's kind of how it was explained to me. Okay. So the other thing you got to do, which I have never seen a Disneyland wedding where they got to do an attraction mix-in, you got to take all of your guests on the Tiki Room. How did you manage that? Yeah, that was so cool. So at Disneyland, they don't do mix-ins. What they do is if you can time it to end your wedding right as the park is closing where they can just keep some staff on, they'll keep an attraction open and you can have it open for an hour. And it's not cheap. I think it's probably a lot more expensive than it would be at Disney World. We initially wanted, and I'll tell you a price for what we wanted. We initially wanted Indiana Jones because we, that's like one of my favorite rides. And it's one that, you know, I also love the Jungle Cruise, but you're not going to go on the Jungle Cruise for an hour. You're going to mm -hmm. go on it like once or twice. And you're like, all right, same jokes. You know, it's cute the first time, but you don't want to do it for an hour. But Indiana Jones, we felt like, oh, we could do that several times. And it would be really cool to be able to take photos, like walking through the queue. And they do have very strict rules about what kind of photos you can take as well. 
at the attraction. But we thought, you know, we could get a couple photos in our wedding attire because you can wear your wedding attire in as long as the park is closed. So when we got the price for that, it was going to be $9,000 to have it open for one hour. Mm. And it was like a shot to the heart, right? Because we really wanted it. But that was like a quarter of the cost of what we spent almost on our whole wedding. So um, $9,000 when you're paying for your own wedding and you're not obviously wealthy people, it's a lot to spend for one hour of the night. And believe me, if I could have made it happen, I could, I would have, but it just seemed like so frivolous to spend it on an hour, especially when some of our guests probably wouldn't have wanted to do a thrill ride anyway. You know, we had some older people and some people that didn't do well with motion sickness and things like that. So it would have limited what guests could do the attraction. So we kind of, when we talked to our planner at our planning session, you know, it seemed like she was kind of steering us away from it a little, just saying like, it is very expensive to do just one hour for that price. And um, so we gave up the idea and instead we decided that we would rent the Adventureland suite and we'd use our extra money that we had set aside for the Adventureland suite. And um, our big push was on guest experience. And we thought, well, we can have a party at the Adventureland suite for our rehearsal dinner and as a like welcome party mix in, we'll just have everybody up to the suite and they can see this really special room. We'll provide them with dinner. And that's kind of like our special guest experience we'll do. And we'll just give up on the idea of doing something in the park after our reception. But as time went on, I was very mopey and sad. <laughs> and <laughs> I really wanted to like be able to go into the park. We couldn't afford an in-park wedding, but I really wanted to be able to go into the park in our wedding clothes and to be able to take our guests in and let them experience something they could only have at a Disneyland wedding. So I contacted our planner again and I said, you know, Michelle, is there anything that you can think of that we could do? And Amanda had given me like a budget of like, well, maybe if we can do something for this amount, that was an amount that she felt like comfortable going over on. And so I talked to her and she gave me some ideas, but none of them really fit in our budget. So because she was still giving me things that were kind of over what I had stated. And I said, what about just doing one show at the Tiki Room? What, what, what would be the cost of that? And she said, you know, nobody's ever done the Tiki Room. Let me get back to you. Let me see if they'll let you do just one show. Because it's usually an hour booking. So she got back to me, like, I want to say, she was so prompt always with getting back to me. But I want to say it took a little bit of time. And she was like, hey, just so you know, I'm still waiting to hear on this. She got back to me and she said, yeah, we can do it. We can do it and we'll do it for this price. And I'm not going to tell you the price because I don't know if they'll always do it for that price. And I don't want to steer anybody wrong but it was for like basically a quarter a little more than a quarter of what I was quoted for the Indiana Jones ride we'll just say that and you also do have to pay to have escorts escort your guests into the park and I want to say we had to have one escort for every 30 people so since we had over 60 people we had to have three escorts and that's outside of it but it was a little over the budget that me and Amanda agreed to but I think she felt like she could really tell how much I wanted to be able to get into the park and she agreed to do it with me. <laughs> so we decided to do the Tiki Room and it was the best. We definitely did not make the wrong decision. <laughs> I would love to hear a little more about this rehearsal dinner you hosted in the Adventureland Suite at the Disneyland Hotel because that thing is amazing. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. 
first off, even just getting to go into the room, we were able to access our room early and Amanda had been parking the van and she went into the hotel at the Disneyland hotel and was asking them about validating the parking since we were staying there that night. And the girl uh, that helped her said that actually our room was ready early and it was like 11 a.m. And so she said, if, if you want to go up now, I can take you guys up and give you your key. And Amanda was like, yes, let me call my fiance. We'll definitely go up now. So she called me and like, she's like, the room's ready now. Do you want to come? And I'm like screaming. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'll be right there. And I was like um, unpacking all our decor while she was parking the van. So I'm like, yeah, I'll come right over. So I lock up the room and I go over and I'm so excited. And the girl who's helping us, her name was April and she was lovely she goes, I'll be right back. And she goes through the back and comes out and she had a handful of balloons for us. Aww. And she had some like happily ever after pins with our names on them. And she came out and she says, I have the honor of taking you guys up to the Adventureland suite today. And you could tell she was so excited and we were so excited and she was wonderful. So she takes us up and we're kind of chatting with her and Amanda asks her, do you get to take people very often? And she said, no, not very often. Like it was very special to her. Hmm. And so we go up and you get to the door and it's like this wooden door with a big placard on the side that says Adventureland Suite. And she rings the doorbell and opens the door. And then there's like this drumming and music playing and you walk in and it's so overwhelming. Like it's more, you see, you've probably seen photos if you love Disneyland and you stalk Disneyland online, you've probably seen photos of the suites, but I couldn't even have imagined it being as grand in person as it was. Like I walked in and instantly like my eyes filled with tears just because it was so overwhelming. And um, she showed us around and then she was tearing up, I think because she was so excited and she saw that I was tearing up and then Amanda was crying and we were all <laughs> crying. Um, and she took our photo in the room and it was just such a magical moment. Like she really created the Disney experience for us. So I just wanted to note that April is a rock star and she gave us the absolute royal treatment. <laughs> like everything you could hope for when paying for a several thousand dollar suite. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, so we decided that we had looked into doing rehearsal dinners and everything on site was going to be several thousand dollars. And we were already spending so much per person on our dinner and it was all out of our pockets and we just couldn't justify spending another like two to $3,000 on a rehearsal dinner. We thought about some of the options that were like suggested from other people. We're just doing like a drop-in at Trader Sam's where people could stop by and have a drink with you. Another option that somebody had said was just say like, hey, we're going to be having dinner at this place. Please RSVP if you want to join us. But it was like pay for your own plate kind of thing. And that would have been fine, but we just, like, our guests paid a lot to be able to be there with us, and it was kind of part of the wedding itinerary, so we didn't want to make them pay for their dinner. So our wedding planner suggested, well, why don't you guys get the Adventureland suite? Because it goes with your theme, and you can have guests up and do, like, a little cocktail hour for your guests or do a rehearsal party for your guests. And then you'll also have it the next day for getting ready. And it was such a great idea. And at that point we had the money cause we had been planning on getting an attraction, but then we decided we wouldn't get an attraction. So we decided to get the Adventureland suite instead. And it was perfect. It was wonderful. And our guests that really loved Disney were 
super overwhelmed and excited to be able to see the suite in person. And our guests who didn't know anything about Disney got a really good first taste of, you know, the magic of Disney, essentially, I would say. And how did you arrange to have cocktails, food, whatever you served? Great question. So it, we called around and tried to find somewhere that we could just go pick up a catered option. And I gave Amanda a $500 budget. She had a couple jobs. So I'm like, obviously, maybe you can tell the micromanager, like the big planner of the couple. But <laughs> she also was very invested in the wedding and wanted to be able to help where she could. So I gave her all the jobs I didn't want to do, <laughs> and which she happily did. So like she picked our DJ because I was like, I had really got a really good reference, but I had a couple good references. And I was like, I don't want to pick I don't want to listen to all these people's online, like music, uh, YouTube clips. Can you just find us the right person? So she found us like the best DJ. And then the food thing, I was like, can you just plan the rehearsal dinner food? That would like take a lot off my plate. So she called around and found some different options for us. And what she ended up doing was going to pick up sandwiches right before our rehearsal at um, Native Foods in the area, which is a vegan kind of fast food place. And they did a whole platter of sandwiches and she had them cut into quarters so it would be more like finger food. And then we also went to Costco and got some fruit and veggie platters and we went and we got some alcohol for the people who drank and we got a juice option for the people who didn't drink and we made little specialty cocktails. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah, and it was all under $500, which was a lot less than what we would have spent if we had taken everybody out. What we did was... The first hour after our rehearsal, we had just family and bridal party. And then after that, we had invited all of our guests just to drop in and have, you know, a drink or a bite and see the suite. Okay, great. The other thing I wanted to ask about was your all vegan menu for your reception. Do you have any dishes that you can recommend? Yeah, so that one was a little bit of a, a tough one because... We went to a, a wedding showcase and a big deal breaker for me. I'm vegan. I've been vegan like over 20 years. Amanda's not, she's not even vegetarian, but she eats with me vegan at home 90% of the time and um, loves vegan food also, as long as it can be made well. And so I told her it was really important to me for us to have a vegan wedding because I didn't want to have any animals harmed on our lovely, magical, wonderful day. And so she was on board totally. But if we couldn't have Disney do a vegan wedding, we would have had to change our venue. Like that was a, that was going to be a deal breaker. So I had started asking people on the different groups, like vegetarians or vegans, did anybody have any experience? And really what people were getting back to me with was not impressing me. It was like just vegetables that they were calling like cauliflower steaks or like mushrooms that you know portable mushrooms are great but like it's not an entree so when we went to our um, wedding showcase we got to talk to the chef that was working at the grand and I kind of expressed to him that like it was really important to me that they be able to do a vegan menu that felt like real food and didn't just feel like vegetables that had been like grilled and labeled an entree I said, you know, I, I'm going to have a lot of people who've never had vegan food or who maybe already have an idea of vegan food and it being rabbit food or not being filling. We really don't want our guests to be like, okay, that dinner was okay, but where's the Burger King? 
Like they were going <laughs> to leave our, yeah, leave our reception and go get food somewhere else. We didn't want that to happen. So I said, you know, it's really important to me that there's protein in the food. Have you ever worked with any fake meats, any mock meats? And he was not having it. He was <laughs> like, well, I could do tofu. And he said that they could do some like rice cheese that they had. But, you know, basically he was kind of not going for it. So I was like, well, we'll give him a chance. And the first menu they sent back to us was terrible. It was terrible. It was like tempeh curry and um, tofu agadashi. And what was the other thing? Like a stir fry, like a vegetable stir fry. Pretty much everything was just either hot or cold vegetables. And then there was the curry and the tofu agadashi, which are both great. But like, I didn't want tempeh. I didn't like tempeh. I didn't want tempeh for our wedding dinner that it didn't seem like special enough. And I didn't really want like curry and tofu agadashi is great. But as like a plate amongst many plates, if I'm having sushi or something, not as an entree. And then also the desserts that they came back with weren't very good either. It was like a, a chocolate cake, which I was like, well, we're already having wedding cake. Why would we have a piece of chocolate cake? And I want to say like coconut rice pudding, you know, it was like, okay, but it really wasn't wowing me. And I was thinking if we're paying $175 per plate, I want this menu to be outstanding. So I wrote them back and I wrote them like three different examples of like a more of a themed cohesive dinner. And um, one of them was an Italian theme. And um, I wrote out like the whole menu because I used to do personal chefing. So I wrote them like fancy examples of what things could be like with all the flowery, flowery verbiage. <laughs> and they came back to me with a basically their spin on that suggestion. And it seemed so much better. They still were trying to give me chocolate cake for dessert. <laughs> but it seemed so much better. And then finally, I was like, okay, desserts. let's talk about these desserts, because I don't want more chocolate cake. We're already having wedding cake. And then when we went to our tasting, the food was amazing. They had done such a good job. And the pastry chef did an incredible job. And they came and talked to us and told us like, yeah, we tried using this. And what do you think of that? And when I was talking to her, and I was like, you know, it's really good, but the frosting tastes a little bit slick, like maybe it just has shortening in it and no vegan butter substitute, just like a shortening and sugar frosting. And she was like, yeah, do you have any recommendations? So she was totally willing to like, listen to anything I said, as far as giving it a shot and trying it. And they just all seemed very excited. It was a different um, chef than I had initially talked to because I guess they switch hotels every once in a while to keep them fresh. So it was a new chef and they just all seemed really excited about trying to make us happy and trying to do a new thing that they'd never done before. So it was amazing. So what I would super, super recommend if you want a vegan menu at the Grand Californian is asking for vegan Mickey macaroons. They made us these Mickey shaped macaroons that were amazing and then also ask them to use the impossible meat as a meat substitute because everything we had with the impossible meat was, it was great. And they're, they're just such good chefs in general that as long as they, they're just not scared to try something, they can make anything taste good. <laughs> and did you also have an all vegan cake? Yes, we had all vegan cake. And actually we found out the day of our wedding that all our cake was also gluten-free as well. Um, apparently, so 
I had a couple guests that were gluten-free. We, we don't eat gluten-free, but we had several guests that were gluten-free. And apparently the cake they made us at our tasting was gluten-free. So since we liked it at the tasting and I had asked that there be one cake, layer of cake that was gluten-free, they just made it all gluten-free. Um, and it was great. And they even made us a vegan churro cake, which was super good because um, the first time we tried it at the tasting, it, it wasn't 100% successful. Like the crunchy bits that are supposed to be inside one of the layers were kind of more like chewy, stale bits. Mm -hmm. And so we had talked to the pastry chef about ways that like maybe it might work better. And apparently she must have tried a couple of the ideas because it was perfect when we had it at the wedding. Wow, that's great. So you had one layer that was churro. What were your other flavors? We had a churro layer, and then we had a layer that was chocolate with this vanilla soy whip, kind of like whipped cream kind of filling, and strawberries. And then we had one layer that was supposed to be just the gluten-free top layer that was chocolate with just the whip in case somebody had a fruit allergy as well. And then it all just had white buttercream on the outside because um, they don't have vegan fondant, which is fine because nobody eats the fondant anyway. <laughs> and then they give you also at Disneyland, they give you a anniversary layer just as a gift. And that one was lemon cake with a lemon flavored soy whipped filling. Interesting. Okay. So when you were planning, what were the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? Okay. Our most important aspect just overall was, I would say, guest experience. So that was like all the little things that we did to try to make it a wedding that would be completely unique for our guests, like getting the tiki room and having Mickey come and our reception decor. And I made special escort cards and a special guest book and we got the suite, right? So our guest experience and then food and photography. Got it. Okay. And then what were the aspects that were less important where you saved your money or your time? The ones that we spent less money on um, was probably doing floral from an outside vendor. And we used less volume of floral and tried to just maximize like greenery and things that we could like take up a lot of space with. Um, that was my strategy with our florist was to use like big items that made it feel more full without buying as much. And then also we use less expensive actual flowers like anthurium as opposed to something like orchids. And we save money on the decor by me sourcing it myself. And then um, decorating our ceremony. We just didn't do any decor at the ceremony. So that saved us money as well, other than our bouquets. Got it. Okay. Can you give a timeline of how the day ran? Absolutely. We woke up at 630 in our suite, me and Amanda, and we had put out snacks for our guests that morning and also set out our little gift bags that we had gotten them with like their robes and slippers and that cute like thank you cards for them. So we set all that out and then we went over because when you have um, the, one of the specialty suites, you also get concierge level service. So we got to go over to the little concierge area where they do continental breakfast and Amanda had made a best friend with um, one of the concierges whose name's Robert. So if you stay at the Disneyland Hotel and you have concierge level service and you get to go up there, tell Robert we said hi. He's amazing. <laughs> he makes a world-famous vanilla latte 
So asking for his world famous vanilla latte. So we went and saw Robert and got some breakfast. And then our bridesmaids arrived at 730 to the room. And our hair and makeup people arrived. And um, we had initially thought since we had two rooms in our suite, we would split up. And Amanda's group would go into one room and my group would go to the other. And we'd stay in our room and kind of just get ready privately. But when our hair and makeup people arrived, they decided the lighting was better in the main room and they didn't want to be like flitting from room to room to do people's hair and makeup. So uh, we all just got ready in the main room together and it was like the best thing. It was so relaxing and we just felt like really surrounded by people who loved us and our bridesmaids got to know each other a little bit better. Um, And so that was one of the best parts of the day was getting just getting ready together. Then at about uh, 11 a.m., Jenna and White Rabbit photo arrived, Andrew and Jenna, and um, they started taking photos of all our detail items that we had set aside um, in a box for them to specifically photograph. Uh, we did our first look at 1.30. Before that, we had done some like um, little shots in the room of like our bridal parties. But at 1.30, we did our first look. We headed over to the Brisa Courtyard for some photos. We got there at about 2.45. Um, at 3 o'clock, the guests, guests began arriving. So we were kind of hidden away and we got to meet with our officiant and sign our paperwork then, which was great because I thought we'd have to sign it after the ceremony. But we got to sign it before. So that was awesome because then we were just done with that part. Uh, we had our ceremony at 3.30. Uh, when that was over at around four, we did family photos and all the photos that we weren't able to take uh, beforehand. And then at 440, we got to go over to see our reception room. And it was, I didn't know what it was going to look like. Because remember, I had been planning from a distance and I kind of had an idea, but I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't see it before. So I walked in and our florist had just done an incredible job setting it all up and the way she added the floral was amazing so that was um that was like I, I just breathed a huge sigh of relief knowing that it was like beyond even how I imagined um we we did a couple more photos so you just all you do all day is take photos and then at 5 p.m we welcomed our guests and we stood in the door actually somebody from your show had mentioned that they greeted their guests as they came in instead of doing a grand entrance and I loved that idea so I stole it <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was, so we greeted our guests as they came in and we gave them their escort cards, which I had made in advance. Um, and they looked like treasure maps to help them to find their seats. Essentially, it was a recreation of our room in the style of the jungle cruise map that one of our bridesmaids redrew for us. And then I put together this whole packet that looked like a train ticket with a map inside and also their dinner menu. And so their train ticket had a clue with one of the items from their centerpieces on it. And then they also had the map. So um, they could kind of go find their seat. And our bridesmaids were available to help them if they couldn't, if they didn't want to find it or if they need, you know, needed help. So we welcomed them all in. And then we did our first dance. Um, as soon as everybody came in, um, our DJ announced us, Sarah and Amanda coming in to do their first dance as a married couple. We did our first dance. And then um, did a little just like thank you for coming toast um, announcement that we made and then did dinner. And then we definitely got backed up. So we definitely got behind. I think that our plan had been to do toast during dinner, but I think people were really milling around and people were talking. And so our DJ felt like um, maybe we needed to wait a little longer 
And so I think that's when we got a little behind. We had toasts and they were incredible. We had four people toast us and oh, they were, you know, everybody said things that were super wonderful and loving to us and made us cry. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then Mickey came. That was insane. <laughs> Our DJ was like, I'd like to have Marin- Amanda and Sarah come to the center of the room. There's one guest who has not yet arrived. And then she started playing the intro for the Mickey Mouse Club March, the old one. And we had two doors and we didn't know which door Mickey was going to come in. And all of a sudden he came in and I just like burst into tears <laughs> and everybody was cheering. And it was, it was super overwhelming and wonderful. And, um, you know, it's funny because you don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think people can imagine what kind of actual feeling it evokes when Mickey comes to your wedding. You think like, oh, it's kind of, you know, it's a person in a costume, but like in that moment, that's not how it feels. It just feels like this, like Mickey is at your wedding. So, um, yeah, it was great. And then he brought, <laughs> yeah, super great, super, super great. I can't even explain it. So we went over and we did the backdrop and he did photos with us in the backdrop. And then just all of our guests formed a line and they all got photos with Mickey and for a while we were standing around and doing all the photos, but the photographer was like, you should escape. Like, this is your chance to get away. They're going to want you in all the photos if you stand here. So just go. So we escaped and like went to the bathroom and like got some air and then we came back in and then Mickey was leaving, which was sad. Um, it seemed like it happened so fast. And then we did our dances with our dads. We each danced with our dads and then, um, then we cut the cake and then there was dancing and then we left and there was t- the tiki room. <laughs> just like with a blur. It just went so fast. Wow. Of all of this amazing stuff. I know so much. <laughs> can you pick a favorite memory of your wedding day? You know, we both, we both kind of start being like, Oh, our favorite part of the day was probably like getting ready with our bridesmaids and then our first look. And then they were like, oh, but the ceremony was good. Oh, and then when Mickey came to, you know, so <laughs> I could I could go on and on. But I would say that like unexpectedly getting ready was really one of the best parts of the whole day. And then the first look on top of that, like once we did our first look, it just felt like it's happening. We, we did it. We're here. We're getting married. And now that we're in these clothes and we got to see each other and we get to what we walk down the aisle together instead of one at a time. It just felt like, you know, we, we were together then. So like, there was nothing to be nervous about. That's awesome. Now, I hate to ask this, but did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Okay, so I asked Amanda what she had to say to that. And um, so she was late to our wedding rehearsal due to going to pick up that catering order. So that was like the day before and that did go a little wrong. But um, that day was super stressful. And I said, tomorrow on the wedding day, I'm not going to be in charge of the timeline. It's my wedding day. Other people can be in charge of the timeline. I'm always the one that's like, you know, regimenting everything. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to relax. So really nothing really went wrong. She said that she wished that she had had her stuff more put together in the room she was getting ready in because she had been totally like zenned out and calm and feeling super happy and relaxed. Then it was time for her to get dressed. And she couldn't find like where she put any of her stuff because she hadn't gotten it organized. So she was getting stressed and she was sending people into our room to look for her things. 
And um, so that is one thing is make sure you have all your items. Like if you'd stayed the night in one room together, make sure that you moved your items to the room you're getting ready in. And then during the actual ceremony, we did a ribbon ceremony and I had put the ribbons into this big blue Rubbermaid bin that we brought from our hotel to the ceremony site. But we took some photos and then we went to the bathroom and then we were signing our, our stuff. And then my dress was being fluffed and I never told anyone, oh, make sure you get the ribbons out of the bin. So we walk down the aisle, she starts the ceremony and I immediately realize that nobody's holding a ribbon mm. and she doesn't have the ribbons. And I start just in my head, like circling this, like, oh no, what should I do? Should I interrupt her and tell her somebody needs to go get the ribbon? Should I stop the ceremony? <gasps> what do I do? And I was like, no, just, just calm down, be present in the moment. Like it's your wedding ceremony. Like, look at your bride, just be here. When it comes to do the ribbons, you can say the ribbons are inside. So she's like, it's time we're doing the ribbon ceremony. <laughs> and I'm like, um, actually, can Michelle or Julie go get the ribbons out of the blue box? It's <laughs> in the reception room. And so that was like a little comedic relief. And, um, you know, it was fun. It was fine. It was totally funny and fine and no big deal. And she just moved on to our vows. And then we went back to the ribbon ceremony. But, you know, I think something has, some little thing has to go wrong, right? Right, right. Usually just a yeah. little thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and luckily it was just a little thing and it was no big deal. And yeah, it was great. Okay, so speaking of big deals, was there anything that seemed like a big deal in the days leading up to the wedding or you were stressing out about and then it turned out not to be a big deal? Yeah, absolutely. There were like two things that we kind of, were worried about. So one thing was I was really worried about people getting drunk at our reception. We had an open bar. Um, I don't drink and my side in general are not big drinkers and Amanda's side in general are big drinkers. And I was really worried that people were going to get drunk and maybe not like do something inappropriate, but I was worried they wouldn't be able to, like if they were drunk, they wouldn't be able to come into the park to do the tiki room, or maybe they would just be, I don't know, you never know when people drink, right? So the, the she did talk to some of her friends who really like to enjoy their alcohol in advance and just said, hey, just make sure that you know, like, you keep it cute, everybody keep it cute. And it was fine. It was not an issue. We cut off the bar an hour before we had headed over to the park, just because our wedding planner suggested it because she knew I was nervous about it. Um, she said that the bartenders do a really good job of just watching people enter anyway and cutting them off if necessary. But um, we did end our bar an hour before we went over to the park. And then, but it was not a big deal. And then the other thing was toasts because initially um, we had gotten in a, actually a little bit of a fight because Amanda wanted everybody in her bridal party and both of her parents to do toasts. And it was going to end up if all of our bridal party and all the parents did toasts, it would be like 10 toasts. And I was getting super anxious about making people listen to 10 toasts. <laughs> but luckily, um, you know, and we, it worked out just fine because only two of our bridesmaids ended up wanting to do a toast publicly. And I just had my maid of honor and my mom do a toast. And Amanda's mom, we really wanted her to do a toast, but she got really nervous and decided that like, the week before that she would just write us something and she didn't want to do it publicly because she just felt like it was a little too much for her. So we ended up just having four toasts and it was, it was perfect. There was, there was no reason for us to be like at odds about it at all. Okay. Great tip. 
Is there anything you know now that you wish you'd known when you were planning? Amanda just wishes she had been more organized with getting ready and have all her stuff. Um, Also, the day before, um, she had lost our room key and she got stuck in traffic coming back with the food. So she said to tell everyone that L.A. traffic, just because it takes 20 minutes to get one place doesn't mean it will take 20 minutes to get back. And she (laughs) warned people about that. And then I, my only regret is that um, our guest book didn't really get signed by a lot of people. And I had spent a lot of time and I thought our guest book was really cute. And um, I really wanted to have, I had made it so that everybody would fill out a page. And I was really excited to have that after the wedding as a memento and something that we could look back on. And I think people just didn't really notice that it was over there or they thought, oh, it's just a guest book where you just sign your name and they weren't like feeling any kind of urgent need to do it. So I wish I would have asked people at each table just gone around and said, hey, would you mind signing our guest book? It's over on that side of the room. So that was the only thing that I feel a little sad about. That's a good idea. I've also heard you can entrust like your pushiest friend to take it around to different people and make oh, them sign. And that would have been a great idea too. I, sh- I It's just there's so many little things you think about and it just wasn't on my radar. Huh. Okay. Do you have any tips or advice for future Disneyland couples? Yes. So Amanda said, if you try to do a lot of DIY, that you need to make sure one person at least of your couple is extremely organized. She said that she would have been really stressed if I hadn't been like um, so on top of making like to-do lists and having a calendar and a schedule for all the projects being done. And she said that if one person isn't able to be that organized, that you should let Disney do it. But also that if your partner is really excited to do something special, then figure out how to make it happen because it's going to be worth it no matter what. She's so sweet. She said that. Um, (laughs) And then I say, try to save money in small places so that you can splurge on big items. And that if there's something that's really important to you within reason, figure out how to make it happen and you will not regret it. That is great advice. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think this has been really instructive for anyone who's interested in planning a wishes event at Disneyland, and I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>